What story was jumping out at you uh, recently? The story about Pussy Riot, which is a um, a punk band, all female, and they did this like kind of a protest video, if you will, in uh, in Sochi where the Olympics are happening. And um, there's this really scary video where you can see them getting, um, like, beaten, like, kind of whipped, beaten by the these, like, Russian security guards and um, thrown to the ground. It's pretty violent. Um, but they're, they're singing a song. Um, I think they're singing in, 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 I don't know what language they're singing in. Maybe Russian, but I think they might be from um, another country. But um, they say Putin will teach you how to love the motherland. <laughs> so it's a it's a it, it's a pretty crazy thing to see these women being just beaten for singing, in you know, in public and, and protesting even, and it just makes me glad that I'm American. Do you uh, do you have a clip of the of of the video? I yeah. know we we can only uh, hear the audio on the podcast, but do you have it? Yes, I do. Just um, unfortunately, I there's you know everything has ads these days, so I've got to let this ad. Pre uh, rolls, yeah. No beans. No beans. more than being attacked by a group of Russian security officers to keep members of Pussy Riot from performing in Sochi on Wednesday, hours after a group of Cossacks sprayed several members of the group and used horse whips to prevent them from performing. A couple of the band members were back at it, only this time in a different location. Jumping up and down, with one playing a plastic guitar, they shouted in Russian, Putin will teach you how to love the motherland. Police watched their performance, but didn't intervene. A change from earlier in the day, when Russian security ripped off their masks. A man wearing a bright yellow vest was left with blood on his face, saying he had been pushed to the ground. The group contends Russian President Vladimir Putin's government has exceeded its authority, cracking down especially hard on gay rights. Pussy Riot has called for a boycott of the Sochi Olympics, saying any world leaders who come to Sochi are giving tacit approval to Putin's policies. Ned Barker, Associated Press. Yeah, uh, there's um, there's uh, there's some uh, real attention being being brought to that, and uh, and so while Vladimir Putin has tried to, uh, you know, propagandize uh, his own country mainly, but also the world based on people rolling around, flying around on ice and stuff, you know, it, it, it really, you know, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, it, it does bring attention back to the issues that are facing Russia and uh, other Eastern European countries. Yeah, and, and there's, there just seems to be like a lot of things going on, a lot of 
violence and uprising and, and protests lately about a lot of different things. Um, did you hear what's going on in Venezuela? Well, it's, uh, it sounds like things are getting out of control there, that they've had protests and stuff. And this, uh, I don't know what's going on, but it doesn't sound like the normal dynamic uh, that used to happen where a lot of the protests would be right-wing and um, foreign-funded because they were trying to overthrow Hugo Chavez. But now Hugo Chavez is dead, and I'm not sure his successor is holding together the coalition that, that Chavez, you know, uh, wielded to run the country for those years. I mean, he was definitely a balancing act, but you can make a case that in some countries, the move to make the average person a little better off, even if it makes some people, especially the wealthy, less better, less well off, is a move that's worth making. You know, nationalizing an industry like oil might be a good strategic move for a country with a limited small economy like Venezuela, right? Like, it was hard to, um, it, it was, it was, it was hard to distinguish what he was doing wrong with what he was doing that was against the interests of Western bankers, you know, and, and the way it was being reported, everything he was doing was wrong. And I mean, he was able to hold things together and the protests were basically funded by, you know, uh, foreign interests and by, you know, wealthy interests in the country. Right. Whereas now it seems like there's tons of people in the streets and they're being met with violent resistance. Chavez was, I mean, I mean, there were some, some, some crazy times but I think this kind of like brutal iron fist that's come out is, is something that seems like a change. Yeah. And I mean, like people, like lots of people are starting to die now. Like somebody was shot in the head. Beauty queen was shot in the head. Um, it's just, it's, it's getting really, really violent really quickly. And the images are just horrible. Well, you know, I, uh, I I heard a little about that, but I, f- I feel like I've heard even more uh, about what's going on in the Ukraine, which of course could sort of connect to what we were talking about before with Putin and Russia. Absolutely. That's that's like quite an out of control scene. Like I have this video I found on YouTube, and uh, it is a uh it's 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 um it basically it is is a uh video of of like explosions like mm-hmm. and and it's like the other the the protesters are wearing helmets and they're like they're they're throwing molotov cocktails at armed personnel carriers and lighting them on fire and and, and this video depicts a scene like that that is just a you know an extraordinary scene of like uh you know um violent protest and 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 i mean the country's being repressed badly right like i think they passed some really draconian laws that sort of enshrined the pro-russian kind of dictatorial government that's in there now and uh you know the people on the street feel like they don't have any choice like they're basically their rights are being taken away. Right. Are we going to play a video? I can't. I'm working on that video, but what do you think of the 
the like the protests around the world like do you think that the ukrainian thing has anything to do with uh the olympics going on like the way that there was an uprising in tibet in 2008 before the olympics in china like do you think that you know uh there's some timing that's connected to this definitely you know i mean just the fact that the Olympics are in Russia. Yeah, there's something there, right? But the circumstances are totally different. Like, it's hard to compare those two. That's not even a good comparison. But you know what I mean? Like, obviously things are going to happen around an Olympics. Yeah, and and I think, um, you know, just the just the fact that there's, there's that, um, you know, tension between Ukraine and Russia and... This is the time when that conflict is going to get a lot of people focusing on it. Yeah, you're totally right. And the video uh, is just... um, It it just... It shows a massive, you know... Yeah, fire on a vehicle and people... uh, You know, police with riot gear and then people pretty like armored on the other side with makeshift stuff it's it's a you know yeah i I mean i mean it's it's a big it's it's a it's a big upheaval but i don't know i don't know what it all uh really means it's like the uh i don't know how clear the sides are i think in ukraine the the side the one side is people that are more pro-Europe and want to make deals with the EU and then the people that are in power and are trying to strengthen their grip or the pro-Russian. It's sort of like the eastern and western parts of the country even, I think, to some extent in Ukraine. Whereas Venezuela, you know, like, what are the interests there that are going against each other? Is it just because of, um, of economic problems? It's to do with with the leader, and um, was it Korea or something? Maduro. Yeah. Yeah, Maduro. Yeah. So uh, he was the successor to. Hugo Chavez after he died a few years ago what happened with him you know the the I guess the economy isn't doing that well um I I I, I think you know this is a country that's very dependent on the oil price it's a member of OPEC so uh when you're you know you're looking at uh, a country that that goes up and down. I mean, crude oil is 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 between one hundred and two and one hundred and ten dollars. Looks like so that's a pretty solid price. I mean, you know, it just doesn't make sense that a the country like that letting itself somehow think you know having things spiral out of control while um, and like you said the the killings in the streets and stuff like while the oil price is high, it just doesn't fit. Like you know because you know, I mean, the money's flowing. A country like that, you know, it's dependent on oil. The money's flowing. You know, they can take care of the economy. Yeah, I mean, one of the, the quotes says, um, 
you know, Venezuelan citizens are going through tough times. There are so many problems we have to face every day, and there seems to be not a sincere attitude from the high government officials to rectify them. There have been more than 15 years of this. So I, I, I think it's a, a lot of the examples of a lot of the unrest that happened, you know, last year as well. Like, you know, people just kind of re- reached a peak, like, no, we're not going to take it anymore. You know, it, what are you going to do well, about it, government? Well, yeah, I, I think, I, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. Uh, again, for me, I, 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 I have a lot of skepticism about the criticisms of Hugo Chavez. He, because, uh, you know, all the predictions, you know, were for this to happen when he was in the presidency Mm -hmm. and it didn't really you know the wheels didn't come off while he was there so you know have some you know problems you know Ben Cause you know yeah and again I I mean I I don't I'm I don't know about Venezuela that specifically I just think that it's very hard to figure out what is a good zig against the neo-liberal agenda and what's a dangerous zag against sound economic policy yeah and trying to figure out you know what 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 really went wrong other than now once you start getting you know calling the military in on protesters you're you're obviously are going too far and you make yourself one of those uh you know, one of those pariahs somewhere between Erdogan in Turkey and Assad in Syria, right? Like maybe at the more mildly condemned Erdogan end, but still it's not a good position to find yourself in. Yeah. And it looks like a lot of the the protesters in Venezuela are students. And Classic Latin American rebellion. Right, and and I guess they're upset about um, they want better security, an end to goods shortages, and protected freedom of speech. Yeah, they, once once you get like the basic how economy, security. how how can they let that get that bad? Like when the, when the oil price is high and their economy is based off that, when there's basic shortages, like you know. I, 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 you know that they do have an element where the the real powers in the world economy, America and its allies, are basically working against them. That, that first of all, they're an OPEC, yeah. strike one. Right. And then, of course, they have the history of um, Chavez, you know, uh, self-styled Bolivarian revolution and, and all that. And... The lasting effects it's had around Latin America. Now look at Venezuela. I mean, they're having definite problems now. If you look at other countries in the region, you're you're gonna find that a number of countries. I'm not gonna say they went in a very a, a very similar direction in Brazil, but they did. You know, Lula, their their um, very successful previous president was. Uh, a man of the left in Latin America, you know, uh, not really the same kind of style, but look at a guy like Evo Morales, who I, th- I think is still the president of Brazil and other, uh, Andean countries. They've definitely moved in that direction. And, uh, there's a, you know, there's a number of Latin American countries that have, uh, 
that have moved in this populist direction that uh, Chavez was not only kind of an instigator of, but one of the main symbols of. So, I mean, you know, like, like, like there's a definite, there's still a lasting anger in the kind of Western kind of right leaning uh, kind of uh, media and, you know, uh, business world that were the you know with with the things that he did in the oil industry and 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 uh, to, you know the way that do you remember how Ari Fleischer backed a coup the president's spokesman when George W. Bush was in office uh, early on they back, there was a coup against Chavez and he was out for like a day or two yeah and they got what they wanted and then. He get, he got back to power, and they had to backtrack because they had welcomed. They were like, "We welcome the the new overlords of Venezuela," because it was you know the people that they had quietly you know encouraged to you know throw them out. Yeah, and I guess um, this time Obama said something, and and the president kicked out two people from the embassy or whatever. You know, and, and Obama's like, they shouldn't do that. They should focus on their problems. Stop <laughs> kicking out Americans. We're not a fault. Hey, everybody. Hello, everybody. You know, he'd be like, hola, todos los, los gentes. <laughs> I think he's in, <laughs> he was in Mexico. Oh, Obama. <laughs> Well, uh, th- this is episode number 125 Woo! of the Pacific Pelican.us slash 64 podcast with me, Dan McKeown, and with the lovely and talented Jessica McKeown. Ooh, lovely and talented. I like that. legendary television leader and leader solo artist Tom Verlaine and I uh, heard you uh, uh, telling me some details that I wasn't familiar with about the acquisition by Facebook of the um, instant messaging client uh, WhatsApp yeah 19 billion that's a lot of likes. That's a lot of Facebookness. But um, the one of the guys um, applied to work at Facebook and at Twitter actually, and got turned down by both of them. And so he um, and his buddy from Yahoo started this messaging service, and then just sold it to Facebook. So I think it, it shows sometimes, you know, when one door closes, another one opens. But there's 
it's hugely popular. Um, and I think it's, it's not very expensive. It's a really nominal fee. And they're, you know, Facebook saying we're going to run it like we do with Instagram. You know, they're going to be independent. Um, and this company's philosophy is no ads, no games, no gimmicks. Oh, uh, yeah, so Ca- it's cross-platform, right? Yeah, and Sequoia Capital's behind it. And they're behind a lot of really big things. Yeah, they're based in the Silicon Valley, I think, I heard, right? Yeah. So I just, I mean, that's a, a big cost. I mean, I can't remember how much they paid for Instagram. Um, and But this idea of, you know, connecting the world is what they kind of posted about. So I thought that was kind of an interesting um, connection. And then I think his name is Jan Coam. He's going to join Facebook's board of directors. Oh, okay. And Facebook's messaging app is going to work independently of this one. Yeah, I heard that they're going to keep that. And uh, they, they were trying to make the case, however questionable, that they do very different things. That WhatsApp Messenger is popular as kind of an SMS substitute, a, a cross-platform a, a messaging client, whereas Facebook Messenger is something people use to chat while they're on Facebook or whatever. Like, but they, but but it has its own apps and stuff too, doesn't it? Or you know, I haven't used yeah. it. Yeah, and and it, well, it's really popular in um, like some European countries. So some people have said, like, maybe this is their play to, to get into that market. Foreign markets mm-hmm. where people use that thing even more than in the U.S. Right. Because, you know, cell phones and texting and all that stuff is very different than in the U.S. Yeah, uh, people might um, use it uh, to connect um, where uh, SMS... Uh, might be uh, a lot more costly either compared to their incomes or, you know, just as an absolute number in other countries. Yeah, that's true. It might be a way of getting around a lot of fees. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's true that in... I don't know if it's still more common, but, I mean, you know, back in the day in Europe, like, wasn't it... Is it more common to pay for what you use? In America, would they have these packages... And maybe it's it's mostly the illusion of savings, but you pay like essentially a flat fee for most like telecom services. With now one of the things that was a real problem, I mean for for like uh, uh, local like a lot of people still pay a big local tele uh, telephone service bill, you know. Whereas in Europe, maybe you could find a deal where it's for how many calls you make, and a lot of people don't make that many calls on those landlines anymore uh but on the other hand it took a while for the the uh internet to develop in europe when it was still a computer a primarily computer based thing because people would have metered internet so it would cost you know to use it and so people weren't online as much using it and then of course the mobile revolution and subsequent changes in even you know in the telecom space have have made that irrelevant now yeah i mean when i got my first cell phone it was in spain and right. it was so much more common then yeah but what i Europe. what i really liked about it because you know they, they were starting to have cell phones here too but well I, yeah sure it was getting common yeah i just i like the idea that um you know i would buy 
you know, certain, you know, 50,000 pesetas or whatever of, and that would give me so many minutes. And instead of paying, you know, $30 a month, I only paid for when I used it, you know, but I think that was at the beginning of cell phones when you kind of just used it like a regular phone. Oh, I'm going to call for this. Oh, I'm going to call for that. I mean, you know, I'm going to text you here, text you there. And you were like, it was like, um, like an analog camera. Like you were very conscious about sending texts and, you know, you didn't just send back a smiley face and it was like, meet me here. It was for, you know, it was very purpose driven because you're paying for each one. And, and now this, now that it's so popular and so prevalent, I mean, you kind of have to have this unlimited, like, well, I don't want to be constrained or, or charged. You know, I want to be able to just communicate and just let me do that. Yeah. You know, I just, I think about texting back then. I remember um, <laughs> seeing people hit the, those buttons over and over because you oh. had to hit keys multiple a- times. See, <clears throat> I had that on a couple of early phones. Oh yeah. Too. That was, that was the norm. I mean, oh. actually flip phones still do that. Right. So, um, I had a flip phone as late as what, 2010. And a lot of people have had flip phones even later than that. As scary as that sounds. Every time I see a flip phone, I feel like I'm watching Saved by the Bell episode. You know? <laughs> like when Zach Morris brings out his like old big phone. I just want to be like, what are you doing with that phone? Why do you still have... I mean, and usually they're like old and beat up and the paint's it's, ch- falling off and it's held together it's by the, tape. It's the uh, price conscious consumer. Although if they're paying a cell phone, you know bill they can probably get a free flip phone replacement right so but then you know maybe they gave that that phone to somebody you know like or you know people (laughs) people are uh i know you mean but um there are people that used those flip phones for a like a decade and they just still see them as like a legitimate like personal communication device and they look for reasons like uh you know, there's there 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 are people that we know that have like inexplicably old devices, even if they're like you know, like supposed smartphones, and then they don't think to use their smartphone for anything, and they they look to avoid using them. So there's that too. There's not just like flip phones, but there's really old smartphones that people haven't replaced forever. Yeah, it's so funny. Maybe I should just, like, buy a bunch of iPhones and just, like, hand them out to people. I think that iPhones are selling pretty well. I think they're it's the single best-selling phone uh, in a lot of months in the U.S. Of course, other countries, you know, there's a little more value-conscious consumer. The thing is, you know, the 5S is outselling the 5C also. You know, like, people... I think some people expected the 5C to sell really well because you think about the profile of the typical consumer. Yeah. They just want a phone... That is, you know, a good phone, and yeah. that the five C is basically the five with uh, a plastic case. Yeah. And so it's, you know, it's a pretty solid, pretty up to date phone. But this price discount isn't that steep, and I guess people thought, well, maybe why well, wouldn't somebody go for a thirty two, um, uh, thirty two gig uh, memory, uh, five you know, C instead of a 16 gig 
5S because I think those are about equivalent in price. Right. But, you know, it turns out people want the the newest hardware more, you know, like they're more likely to buy that. And I don't know if that fingerprint scanner is pulling people in or not, you know, but that, that is a novel feature that that might, you know, impress people. And the fact that it had, it's on that and not on the 5C uh, or maybe it's just the kind of classic iPhone kind of feel and look of it mm-hmm. where it's more continuous with other designs. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, color is fun. You know, the other ones just come in black, silver, and gold, right? Yeah, they just added gold. That was, And even that was new. And white was, was rel- a relatively, you know, new development. They had been very erratic uh white you know phones until the five yeah. um actually till the 4s the 4s had cons- you know consistent supply of white but it took a while for even the four to come out with white and i'm not sure if some of the earlier ones had a few white models or not but yeah it was it was a rare thing before whereas now yeah i mean that's the kind i go with do you prefer the black iphones do you still you still prefer that that color um i don't know i'll probably get a different color when I get my new one. Like a gold? No, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of the gold. It's just not my thing. No. I mean, I really just want a pink iPhone. That would be the best. Well, I got something that was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> it, I'm now- scared! <laughs> No, I won't fly it toward you. Now, I have a, a remote control helicopter. Now, you know, I, I had uh, seen these in, uh, in stores and at stands, you know, for a while. And I, I was like, you know, I wanted to get one. So we had uh, some Amazon uh, gift cards. I got this one. Now, this is, it's about like, it's about 40 bucks. It's, so it's not, it's, 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 it's not cheap, but it's not, it's not super expensive. It's affordable. It's, it's a very tiny, like micro... Uh, helicopter i mean i mean mean, you know it's like half a foot long but it doesn't uh it it, you know it 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 doesn't take too much skill to fly but uh no there's i'm still going up the the learning curve the the specific model is uh saima s107c i have a link in the show notes to that i found to uh uh, pretty much the one I have, except the the one that's linked to is, it, it it's uh it's it's the one that's available. You know, Amazon is different. Uh, um, different merchants fulfilling their orders. Like this is actually a different one than fulfilled mine, but this is the one I could find. And uh, the one I have is like basically black and silver, and the one that's uh, linked in the show notes is red. But otherwise, they're the same thing. It has a camera. Uh, tool which I have not actually tested yet so I have to uh, check that out later but I, I do uh, you know enjoy flying it around a little bit but it, it definitely didn't go over with my parakeets I, no. I they flipped out they flapped around the cage for a second or two before they calmed down and I, I put it away right away <laughs> oh, there's some there's it's not it's not uh it's not taking off very straight because of the draft. Okay. Well, now I got it in the air. Sorry? It's supposed to have a camera and a video on it? 
Yeah, it has a camera that has some sort of, I don't know how good quality, video and um, photo uh, capability. But that, that, so that's something I'll have to report back on because yeah. I, 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 I want to try that out, but I've been trying to learn to just fly the thing first before yeah. I test that, that feature. I, um, I think I shot it up too far and it crashed and it kind of reminds me of Flappy Bird, when, you know, it's like, it's a very sensitive control and, um, I actually, I played the version that's on the, the store that's like a fish or something, you know, cause they took down the Flappy Bird, but they've since replaced it and there's a lot of similar things and, um, yeah, it's... It's addictive because it's so easy and you fail so quickly and you have to get into a rhythm and it's easy but it's hard. And it's, yeah, it's, anno- very much it's annoying and it annoys yeah. you and you think like, I'm going to get it this time. I'm going to get it this time. And I realized, I was like, I, I want to best it. And it, what happens is you, you want to learn how to do it. Um, but kind of along those lines there was like a an i um an app that like cheated the app store you mean it sort of game the app store yeah red bouncing ball or something like that have you heard about that no i i, I haven't heard about that so red bouncing ball spikes on the app um, store. Did they find an exploit or something? Yeah, I guess, like, you can make it get up to the top paid if you, you have a bunch of accounts, you spend your own $20,000 to get it up there. Yeah, I guess it, I guess if you are using, like, if you're using puppet accounts and you're putting pumping money into the system, anything could happen. If you, if you, especially if you think you've under uh, understand the levers of the algorithm. You know, I don't know if anyone knows it for sure. And and like Google's algorithm, it's probably always changing. But it's it's just it's probably just as important now to people trying to make money on the internet. You know, um, to understand the Google Play algorithm, the uh, Apple App Store algorithm the Amazon algorithm and, uh, you know, and all those just as much as the Google search algorithm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy, but it, it just, it just shows, and this, I guess they use a $10 app template and then they made this like really cheesy game. And they, they, just, just some really, really simplistic app that you could basically, uh, build online. You could, you could, you could assembly line it um, with with tools you could just download in a couple minutes and pay ten dollars for. Yep. And 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 they submitted that and so it's just a, a, a perfunctory game. But if uh, if you know how to pull the right levers on the app store, just game the system. Then especially putting money into it. I mean, yeah, you put money on the table. I mean, you would think you can game it, right? You could probably you can game any system with enough money. Yeah. Yeah. It just it was interesting, but yeah, I mean it, the the helicopter is. It's kind of like you gotta. It kind of goes up and down. It's got a sensitive touch. And have I mean, have you played Flappy? I have. I haven't played that game. Yeah, 
basically there's like there was pipes and very uh, Mario looking. I saw some screenshots right. in a couple of blog posts, and it, and it definitely has that uh, Super Mario Brothers uh, three um, uh, background, just taken right out of it almost. Right, and you just have to you na- you just have to navigate through, and the levels change, and you have to tap basically to to stay up and flap. But it's very sensitive, right? So you hit a thing, you crash, you, you any you touch any part or anywhere near something you know you, you crash and you think you've got it and then it drops you down and and that's it that's the whole game like it's so simple and i think i think what i was curious about is like you know like why is it why do we get so addictive do we think oh it's so simple i can get this you know and you'll get like i think i got the furthest i got was like six like i saw people posting their scores like 54 or whatever and that means they made it through like you know 54 pipes or whatever you know, but the first time, like, I crashed, and I, and I got, like, one for a while, and then I got, like, one, two, and then it was, like, one, two, three, and then back to one, and I think because it's so easy to play, like, literally all you have to do is tap, and it's a little bit of luck, but a little bit of, you know, skill, it's so easy to pick up and play, and there's a lot of people talking about, you know, Candy Crush, and how they're making all this money, and, and how all these App Store games are... are and you know a lot of these are like free and then you you have these in-app purchases free to play has become the big trend right and and these you know video games like rockstar and stuff that are charging you know 60 70 dollars for their game um i don't know if they're making you know billions of dollars well you know like rockstar being an example Grand Theft Auto V uh, sold really big, and I, I think, I mean, even though they put a lot of money into it, right. I think they made a lot of money back on it. You know, you, you heard, you you remember hearing, like, the last two years that the biggest uh, sellers some of those years were these, I, I'm not sure if which series exactly, but one of those, like, Modern Warfare or uh, uh, Call of Duty. Yeah. Uh, those were huge sellers, right? And the, there, people were comparing them to movie openings and talking about how much more money they were right, making than right. like major blockbuster movies. Uh, so, I mean, it's definitely a very. I, I definitely think the big ticket games, because of that cash, um, because of that cash volume, because of a lot of games being sold at that high price, that's a lot of cash being being made. But where is the where is the heat? Where is the 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 big you know uh investment right now i think it's in the free-to-play area of uh ios and android games um but uh remember uh uh zynga went up once with this with this new casual gaming you know um culture right and they've kind of gone back down they're certainly not uh worth what they used to be no that's for sure so we'll have to see how long this trend lasts. Cool. Well, uh, thank you for joining me. Uh, this uh, has been Podcast 125. Uh, check the show notes uh, at pacificpelican.us slash 64. Check Jessica's site at jessica.sf3am.com. Uh, check out my novel at djmcloud.com slash book. And... Uh, We have been recording this on February 21st, 2014.